much do you spend from your paycheck in about 100 days? The Watchdog on Wall Street podcast with Chris Markowski. Every day, Chris helps unpack the connection between politics and the economy and how it affects your wallet. The federal government is on pace to spend over $1 trillion per every 100 days. Are Speaker Johnson and congressional Republicans doing anything about it? Enough is enough. Whether it's happening in D.C. or down on Wall Street, it's affecting you financially. Be informed. Check out the Watchdog on Wall Street podcast with Chris Markowski on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Satan has a new business model. Uh, it's monetizing pain and poverty, and the party loves it. Plus, humility is going to launch a revolution against the demigods. Get started with that right away on this episode of the Todd Herman Show. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. Times such as these impart to us unique sets of responsibilities. You can say no if you like, but that's also a decision. And in my judgment, uh, it's dereliction of duty on a temporal front and, more importantly to me, on a spiritual front. Some notes about the new program, the new podcast. Number one, God bless you for coming over. Thank you. Thank you for making the effort. Uh, I think podcasting, listening to podcasts can be an effort. So for the people who are doing this for the first time, thank you so much. I've been in a little bit of, uh, of tech, uh, let's say, doldrums in learning the tech of podcasting. And you know, I spent a, a ton of time in technology, but I left for a reason. There's never a gear. <laughs> There's these uh, devices like this Rodecaster Pro. Everyone else finds it super easy. Uh, everyone but me. I, <laughs> uh, it's, oh, it's in the documentation. Okay, got it. I just didn't read the documentation enough. Uh, so we'll work through that. So, but just some quick notes before we get to the, the content portion of the program. Number one, I've got the sinus surgery coming up. You can probably hear that I'm super, uh, well, I'm speaking without a nose today. And that, that gets a little bit bothersome. But on the 17th, they're going to stick stuff up my beak and take care of any polyps or anything that's up there and open up my sinuses. So I appreciate your prayers for that. But more importantly in the programming, i got to figure out a way to bring music into this. There's, you know, when you're at a radio station, we have ASCAP BMI rights, so we can play all sorts of music, and we can have great bumper music, etc. So I'm figuring out ways to bring transition music into the into the podcast, and, and there's there's some rights free stuff I can use, but it's stupid, uh, and it's cheesy, and I don't want to do that. I've got some friends in bands who are going to let me use their their songs, uh, and I'm very grateful for that. And they're great songs, so I'll be doing that. Uh, so that's one thing I could do. The other thing we can do is recruit from listeners songs that we can use. So if you're in a band and you own the rights to your songs and you want to have it in the podcast, I would love that. So you can get in touch with us at the website. Get in touch with me on Twitter, at Toddy Herman. Let me know you're a band, and we'll feature the songs, and then we'll put links up so people can buy the songs. That's just some of the changes that happen uh, when you go to this podcast format. Uh, the biggest change is there's no promotion behind this right now. I mean, we have search ads running, and I will get more aggressive in seeking listeners, etc., and we'll spend some of God's money on this and some of the resources God has provided me, and we'll put that back into trying to build this. But the, the second favor I would ask you uh, is, is, in addition to the music thing, is please share this with friends. There's, just like when I used to fill in for Rush, God rest him, there, it, it, not a day went by where people would send me a note on social media and say, man, I love it when you fill in for Rush, so why don't you, <laughs> why don't you go get your own radio show? Like, I have one. 
they announce it at the top of every hour when I fill in for Rush. But just share the, the podcast with your friends uh, if you would do that, please. Last programming note. I am not ever going to leave the body of a live radio host. I can't. So I don't know that this is done in podcast, but you may hear me refer to, oh my gosh, I just saw this on Twitter, because that's the way I work. I, I love I love responding to things live time. Um, so you might you might hear during the podcast, oh my gosh, you guys, I just saw this. And I know that makes maybe a little bit less sense in podcasting, but come on, you, you give me some grace. I've got to have fun doing this. You know, I said in the tease that uh, Satan has a has a new business model, and, and this is super disturbing to me. That 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 what I think Satan has done is that the, he has he, well, he's a well, he's a thief and a liar and he's a murderer. But man, has he seduced big business? And this is such a bizarre thing because being a conservative, I was raised to defend business. And I was, I was raised to defend even, you know, kind of corporate rating businesses and stock markets. And, and I'm still free, free exchange of goods and services. I'll never not be in favor of that. That is morally superior to any form of other, any other form of commerce. It's the closest thing to godly that exists if it's done ethically. And, and ethics have just departed business in, in so many ways. But it's this unholy alliance um, where I see Satan has figured out how to take to business this idea of, hey, create pain and, and, then, and, then, and then contend to solve the pain and, and create fear and then pretend to solve the fear uh, and then create shortages and scarcity. And they'd either pretend to replace the scarcity or, or pretend that, the, that the, the cure that you're going to provide means that, that people are happier owning nothing. And I do think that these, these are evil ideas. And I think about who Satan is and compared to who God is. So God is demonstrably freedom of choice. Or we'd be robots. The fact that we're not robots makes God freedom you know, a freedom-loving God. Now, freedom, true freedom, has with it responsibility. Because, for instance, if you don't have the freedom to fail, you're not actually free. You're kept. You're, you're held. Uh, you're a product. You're someone's product. Because you don't have, you know, true freedom without responsibility isn't actually true freedom. Because you that don't bear any risk. Only freedom with risk is actual freedom. So God is pro-freedom. I mean, you go to the, you go to Adam and Eve. She wasn't forced to eat the apple, nor was there a fence around the apple. God could have put up one of those really clever anti-COVID <laughs> plexiglass things. That'll keep. That'll keep. Well, it would have kept her out. I guess plexiglass. The first woman wouldn't actually know what plexiglass was. God, I guess he could tell her, that's Eve. Eve, stop. Hey, you, Eve, you can't get through it. It's called plexiglass. Actually, Adam named it. He got the name things. But that at least would have kept her away from the apple. And he could have said, that's there for your own good. See that apple? I'm not going to let you eat that. But that's, that's not what he did. He said, don't, just that one thing. Don't do that. And she's like, but it looks good in the salad. Because Satan was there saying, yeah, God's lying. You're not really going to die. So you go back to who he is, Satan, 
Now, start looking at business today. This is a remarkable turn. Let me give an example of, of how this is being done. I saw this, uh, this, and I'm having issues. Did I mention I'm having the tech issues today? Did I mention that? I think I mentioned that. Otherwise, I would play for you this audio that's a delightful bit of audio of a, a man who calls himself Farah. So he is a man whose entire face is tattooed, blue, by the way, shades of. And, and, and uh, he has a piercings throughout his face all over the place. And he says that I'm going to explain this every time someone asks, I'm Farah. Uh, my, my pronouns are they, them, your highness or something like this. Uh, I am part goddess, part this, that. I don't believe in God, uh, but I'm a Satanist. And it's just this, I am this self-invented being, basically. I am, I'm self-defined, I'm self-invented. I am my own alpha and omega. So the person is mentally ill, I think. I think that's mental illness. Now, it didn't say evil, by the way. But being a Satanist, well, that's evil. But you take this person who I think really does have a mental illness, that you have no sense of self, no actual identity, so you build all these subsets of identity. Now, tell me how that person is more crazy than, well, when, when, when I understand politics, but when they attack me, uh, they're actually attacking science itself. I, I represent science. I, I, before the cosmos began, I said, I said to my partner, God, because I'm the fourth, I'm the fourth head. It's not really, it's, it's not really a triune God as, as much as it's a quadrone. I just, I didn't like the press at the time. I didn't have a PAR, PR agent. And so I, I said to God, there, you know what? You should have physical rules and let me design them. But the physical rules change with the politics. So I am, I actually brought science. I, I brought science to, uh, I am science. He was the word and the way and, and all that. But the, I mean, he's just words. And I, I am science. Find me, <laughs> which one's more crazy? Honestly, tell me. Which one's more crazy? Now, I think this person, this Farah, has probably a, a, you know, a, a severe identity crisis. Tony Fauci knows what he is. Uh, he knows what he's doing. He's not deluded. He's, he's arrogant. He's power hungry. And he's been trained that there is no responsibility on his shoulders. No actual responsibility because responsibility has consequences. If you don't have consequences for what you do in, with your responsibility, then you never really had responsibility. But the Satan part of this, Farah could go to Big Pharma or to plastic surgeons and say, I'm a dragon. I'm a dragon. Give me fangs. And they will. Okay. Okay, fine. Adult man doing that the people who are have been seduced by pain as profit margin go to little kids and say you'll be happy when we slice your penis in half and and slice your your testicles out don't worry we'll keep the head of the penis because we're going to turn it into a fake clitoris 
then we're going to invert your penis and we're going to sh- we're going to cut a big gash between your legs. We're going to invert invert your penis and we're going to shove it into that gash, and then turn the head outward, and that will be a fake clitoris. And then we're going to use the empty skin from your testicles and we're going to build a fake labia. That's what we'll do for you. That'll solve your pain. And we'll shoot you up with tons of estrogen. And your insurance company will pay for that. Because the taxpayers are forced to pay for that. Because we've conned everybody down the line on this. Now, this also has the advantage of this. You now are able to say, well, I'm self-created. God may have created man or woman, but I said no. No, I'm not playing. God may have created this universe and said, hey, there's man and there's woman, and sometimes there are genetic mistakes, intersex. It's a very difficult thing. But now you're self-created, but you're made in the image of pharma, and it's a subscription fee for the rest of your life as long as you want to maintain that illusion. Take this back to Fauci. His own CDC is part of this. And you take that and compare it to this Farah, and you go right back to this whatever syndrome this fair person has. And I think it's a significant syndrome. I really do. I think it's an identity syndrome. And you compare this to the, the, the syndrome that Fauci has, which is, in my judgment, greed or avarice. And right at the top of this, there are the, the pharma pushers. And then, then, then who? Then who? You know who benefits from that confusion? who benefits from that chaos. And you take that model where the debate was settled and and where lives are saved through these surgeries. They're not. Lives are saved through these hormone injections. They're not. There's no other way to deal with this. There is. There's talk therapy, which is very effective. It's what they do for eating disorders and other things. So, of course, that's safer. Of course, that bears no risk. You know what it is? Talk therapy for people with these conditions is natural immunity. It is. That's what it is. It's a psychological form of natural immunity, but we can't have that because there's no business model for it. Take another example. Move away from the gender thing and go to this thing called body, it's called uh, body integrity disorder. You know what this is? Do you? Body integrity order disorder is where people are born to believe that they should be paralyzed or that they should be missing a limb. And they believe that they were born in the wrong body in, in the form of, I'm not supposed to have a limb below my knee on the left-hand side. That's not supposed to be there. So they go to surgeons and say, please cut my leg off in the middle of my leg, just below my knee. Just, just slice it off. I don't need it. It's not supposed to be there. It's this foreign object. I'm, I'm born in the wrong body. I can't be happy until that's done. There are people suing to have insurance companies pay for that. Now, you, you speak these words to a gender therapist and they go, but that's insane. That's, that's a perfectly functional leg. Well, it's a perfectly functional penis or clitoris or, or breasts that you're cutting up. right? And, and, but the problem with the body integrity disorder is there is no business model. There's no subscription fee. It's less invasive. Cutting your leg off is less invasive than scrambling actual organs in your body. <laughs> these are organs. They're cutting apart and and, and, re, and stitching back together these facsimiles. So you take that and you compare this to COVID. Our natural immunity is like our talk therapy. The alternative to cutting your leg off is a therapist saying, so what does it mean 
that you weren't born, that you were not supposed to have a leg. How do you know that? Explain that feeling to me. And what would it be like if you were supposed to have a leg? What, what would that be like? What would it be like if you could learn to love your leg? Well, well, maybe we could talk about some things your leg could do. Would you like to meet some other people like this? Right? It's just talk therapy. Right? The people come to adjust to this, and then they don't cut their leg off. That is activating the psychological immunity to a, a, a disordered way of thinking. But there's no model, no business model. So you go over, shift from that into COVID. It's the same exact technique. All of a sudden, everybody dies if they don't get the injection, even though they don't work. All of a sudden, there's only one pathway. I'm Grim Milestone. Experts say we need to begin vaccinating the dead because the dead could be passing the virus on to other people. It's like the walking dead, but with mRNA injections. There's, that's, that's the analog to this. And, and take it right back over to Farah on one side. I am my own being. I'm a dinosaur. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, uh, I'm a dragon. I, am, I, am, I don't believe in God, but I'm a Satanist. Very disordered way of thinking. All the way over to Fauci. Look, I, I am science. I, I, I embody it. It doesn't exist without me. I am the alpha and the omega. And take it back up to who's funding Fauci. Well, big pharma. What do they benefit from? Pain. What do they benefit from? Fear. The, the fear that's been induced in society around the COVID and the control this is giving tyrants. Now, think again about this. This business model. God is pro-freedom. God never locked anybody in their house. He said, he said in, in Egypt, hey, if you don't want your firstborn to die, Go inside your house and put blood around the door and identify yourself as you're with me and I won't come in and kill the firstborn because I got to show Pharaoh, you need to let my people go. My people are slaves and you need to let them go. And, and Pharaoh, his heart's hard. I'm, 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 and it's, it's not happening. You take that biblical example and you apply this now over to this world of COVID passports. You're going back to Pharaoh. You're going back to a government boss saying, you can't leave. You can't leave the field. You can't stop building my pyramid with our uh, straw and, and, and mud bricks. You got to keep building. And it, it is like this reversal in time. And it's this reversal in circumstances. And it's almost like going back to Pharaoh's conjurers. Like, Rochelle Walensky is a conjurer. She is. She has conjured the ability to say, we know, it's so hard to do this with no-nos, we know that the virus is stopped by the injections. The injections are 100% effective. We can go back to living. And Rachel Maddow has dreamy eyes. We can. We can go back. I can leave my apartment with my security team and my money. Can I take my money? And then she has the ability to conjure three months later. Well, we know that this doesn't stop people getting sick, but man, is it good at virtue signaling. And you get a pin. And Rachel Maddow's dreamy-eyed. You mean I get a pin? 
It's like Pharaoh's conjurers. Rachel Maddow can, I mean, uh, Rochelle Walensky can conjure this stuff is perfect, 100% safe, effective, and then conjure, oh, I never said that. And right at the tip top is pharma. Right at the top tip is pharma. Benefiting in the same way. Benefiting through these profits, pain as profit. This is a heck of a turn for business. And it's this seduction. The underappreciated aspect to me of the relationship between God and Adam and Eve is this. That when Satan came along as a snake, and can I just say something about Eve real quick? I know she was the first woman, and I know it was the Garden of Eden, and I know things were new. But a snake? Snakes are inherently awful things. Awful. Terrible things. All snakes are evil. Now, maybe maybe prior to the fall, we all looked at snakes and said, oh, they're so cute. Like, they're friends. But no, I think God picked the snake. Well, he did. He said, you're going to crawl on your belly. Look at you. Look at you and you rebelling against heaven. And you rebelling against, you think you're taking my job? I'm going to turn you into a snake. <laughs> but Eve, it's, it's, it doesn't even have fur. It, can't, it, it doesn't purr. I mean, it doesn't cuddle. It deceives. So you take it back to this, and, and here's, I think, the underappreciated portion of this, and it goes right back to now critical race theory. Now, I know I'm covering a lot of ground, and I know this is the first podcast, and I know I don't have a nose, <laughs> but this goes to critical race theory. It really does, and it's Satan in my mind, and it's, it's, a, it's the thief and the murderer and the liar and the conjurer and all these things that he is. There's a subtext to the apple. Where he says to Eve, surely you're not going to die. Surely God doesn't mean that. See, the subtext is God's a liar. Come on. He's not going to kill you. It's a tasty apple. It's lovely. It tastes good. So eat it. Eat of it. Give some to Adam. Adam needs an apple. The subtext, of course, is rebellion. The subtext is covetous, is coveting. The subtext is your own knowledge replacing God's. Oh, right. Replacing our immune system. Replacing man and woman. And then this, on critical race theory. The beauty that God created in human beings the same entities that are pushing paid as profit are also merchandising the uh, ESG score, environment, social justice, and governance. It replaces the profit and loss statement. It replaces what? Rational math, objective standard of performance. I have no patience for companies that engage in, in child labor like Nike or Apple and, 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 and using Uyghurs as slaves. That's not business. That's slavery. That's not free enterprise. It's, in, it's, it's, it's imprisoning people. But the numbers on a sheet of paper are rational. 
Here's your profit and loss. The same big companies that are pushing this other stuff are pushing this ESG, this objective standard of good, and what is it? It's whatever they say is good for the environment. It's whatever they say equals social justice. It's whatever they say equals governance. And what does it all end up doing? How does it all work? Environment is installing pain and fear in a population. Your existence is selfish. Your heating your house is selfish. Your personal mobility is selfish. This stuff is all selfish. This stuff is all the new sin. We're going to take that from you. We'll keep doing it, but you don't get to. Social justice, what is it? It's whatever we define it to be. Right now, it is if you're white, you're very, very evil. You're very, very bad. The subtext to it is, yet's a neighbor you can't love. That's the subtext. That's the subtext. That's Satan saying, come on. God didn't mean you got to love everybody. When he said love your neighbor as yourself, he clearly didn't mean white people. How can you love white people? They're white. He couldn't mean that. It's the same as the apple. So who's deceiving the big business into installing these standards that are completely divorced from God's reality, completely divorced divorced from God's universe, completely divorced from any biblical standard, and fine, you're not Christian. Okay, what's the moral standard? What is it? It's the oldest moral standard since the fall. Who holds the rock? Cain or Abel? The oldest moral standard since the fall is who's willing to hit who with a stone? Well, it's power. Who is, on the spiritual equation, the deceiver to gain power? Who is the deceiver to install fear? Who is the deceiver to install confusion? Who benefits from no longer loving a neighbor because of the color of their skin? Because it's, it's, it's God eventually benefits. God eventually wins. But the immediate winner seems to be the other side seems to be that and it's a lot to take in and particularly for a first podcast and particularly when I don't have a nose maybe I can't use my Roadcaster Pro because I did I mention I don't have a nose today (laughs) maybe that's it I heard from so many people when we decided to go to a podcast format, so many notes. Here's the best one. Well, it's not the best one because I received hundreds of notes, but here's the best one for this particular episode. comes from Ted in Dallas, Texas. Dear Todd, create a time of the day you do your podcast, eat beforehand, talk with your wife afterwards, pray before every episode, and then shut the door, and then do the next one the next day. Love, Ted, Dallas, Texas. P.S. Thank you for following God's direction. I very much love that. I love the directness of it. I love also this, that the format we have now is completely dependent on a very simple relationship. Here's the ask I have. We are eventually going to create a subscription format. 
The subscription format is going to be a lot of videos that's going to come with a lot of proof points. One series is going to be forevermore giving you the tools to go to your family and disprove the, <coughs> the woke masks and the lockdowns. Very simple. Five or six charts that will just completely destroy that. Another of the series is going to be the unreported truths about the mRNA injections because I think these are the signs of our times. The other video is going to be societies that have installed the sort of travel permits that are being installed now. That is your walking papers, your talking papers, your may I please leave my house, and the sorts of excuses that have been done to use this before. So eventually there's going to be a subscription version of this program. Here is my ask. Never give me a dime unless you're getting value. Here's my other ask. We made a decision to go completely independent. If you are finding value in this, will you please share it with friends? Because here's where we're at together. I remember as a young guy in wrestling, being told, like, you need to come up and you need to wrestle this guy. And the guy I was supposed to wrestle was an absolute monster. In my mind, he was just a human being. But he was, to me, probably the scariest guy I'd ever have to wrestle. And when I was told, you need to come up and wait and do this, like it was, it was alone with my somewhat psychotic coach. He was actually very psychotic. And he took me aside and said, I need you to come up and wait. We're going out of town. This is the guy you're going to wrestle. It's going to be a tough match. Um, my one, this, is what, this is his way of motivating me. My one request is that you not get pinned. Don't, don't get pinned. Just make sure you don't get pinned, no technical fall. I need you to lose by less than three points. Three points or less. That's what I need. Heck of a way to motivate a kid. So there I was alone in this locker room with this guy. That was the decision. It's been made. We're going to travel. You're going to go to Montana. Your goal is to not get completely murdered by this guy. Well, it's insurmountable. It became insurmountable in my mind. I dealt with it as this insurmountable object. Because I dealt with it alone. Because I dealt with it by being sullen. By driving out of practice that night. Saying, this, this sucks. He's doing this to me to hurt me. And he did plenty of things to hurt me. That was not one of them. But driving home sullen. Sitting in front of the TV sullen for a couple of days. Doing the best to show how angry I was at it. And, and being this person that's just, you know, very passive aggressive. And kind of putting it in the half, half-bottomed version of myself at wrestling practice until the one coach who had compassion took me aside, not alone, but with another wrestler. He took me aside with the first and only, at that point, three-time state champion I had ever known. And it was now three of us. It was now community. And what Dale said what he took me aside is, I want you to do something uncharacteristic for yourself. Would you please just listen to Nick? And what this coach told me, three-time state champion, he was working on probably, I think, the second All-American run in college, is he looked at me and said, every week, there's a wrestler put in your position. And every week, I have the same question. Every time I get to talk with a wrestler, I have the same question. 
at every school where this ever happens, and it's happened to me, and right now around the country, it's happened to thousands of wrestlers. You're facing someone that you've decided you cannot beat. Here's my question for you. If you could beat him, would you? Don't answer. Don't. Take that question into practice today and work it through your mind. If you could beat this guy, would you? If it is possible, would you do it? Or would you just let him beat you, even if you have the capability to do it? Would you do it? That's it. That's all I want to say. And I went out into the wrestling room. And that was my thought. If I could beat the guy, would I? You know what that changed? It changed my initial thinking about, I can't, to what if I could? That opened the doorway to maybe I can. That opened the doorway to maybe it's a possibility. It opened its doorway to what would that feel like? And then when Nick took me aside at the end of the week, he said, what would it feel like to beat him? What would it feel like to step off the floor and you've been victorious? What would it feel like if they raise your hand in Bozeman when no one expects this? What would that feel like? And I said it would be insane. It would be, it'd be cool. I, 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 I feel like you know, I, I, I could finally be proud of myself as a wrestler. He said, then I have another question for you. What will it feel like? What will it feel like? What will it feel like? Well, that doesn't always happen. And it doesn't always work this way because I've had similar prep talks and gone on to lose a match, but real closely. But that one, I won because I could already feel it. And here was the craziest thing about it. So could the guy I was wrestling. He became so used to people dodging him that something just set him off when I shook his hand. I saw it. I saw it. I didn't act the way he'd anticipated me acting. I acted excited. This is going to be great. Now, he was a very class guy. And when I won that match, he gave me a sincere handshake. And then three weeks later, he beat the garbage out of me. (laughs) In a tournament. I wish I'd saved that for the tournament, good advantage of the tournament. But by that time, he figured me out. But he didn't pin me. But the, the, you know, the, it's, in the traveling match, it was, it, was, uh, it was, I guess, more important to my coach. So here's my request. We've taken the show independent. We're in a giant sea of podcasts. What would it feel like, week after week, together, to take God's word, even through my fumbling lips, even through this person who's still teaching himself and still being taught how to respectfully speak God's word in relevant ways around today's news. What would it feel like to see this podcast climb every week? What would it feel like the first time someone who's tuning in just to hear the news and the analysis said, oh, I heard that guy in Rush. What would it feel like to have a friend email you to say, wow, this guy's really hardcore Christian. Are you? What would it feel like the first time you have an opportunity to say, yeah, as a matter of fact, let me show you how Christ changed my life. What will it feel like? What will it? Please share the podcast with your friends. This is the Todd Herman Show. Go be well, be strong, be kind, and please be right with God. 
Cartels are exploiting Indian reservations to get into America, and our federal government can't be bothered to stop it. Hey, y'all, it's Sarah Carter from The Sarah Carter Show. I just got back from two trips to our southern border, and I want to take you inside a huge hotspot where thousands of migrants are coming into America every day. I was with a member of the National Border Patrol Council when the Border Patrol nabbed multiple illegal migrants who were breaking U.S. law, and I have the exclusive audio. For all this and more, subscribe to The Sarah Carter Show on your favorite podcast app.